back in to NL Newsday. Jeff Andreas here, filling in for Brett Manier on Wednesday, June the 24th. Joined on the line now by the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here on this Wednesday? I'm great. Uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, not an overly packed council agenda here yesterday, but there was definitely a few things on the list. And, and one of the big ones, I think, from, from my perspective anyway, was this talk of a, a new subdivision out in Aberdeen. Pretty extensive project. Uh, just what are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, the city is looking to really add a, a pretty substantial subdivision there in that area? Yeah, I mean, we've said throughout the uh, piece that uh, in our CAM plan that 43% of the new growth in Kamloops is going to be in the southwest sector. So that's the Upper Sahali and Aberdeen area, Pine View and uh, the Dufferin area. So, you know, we uh, see this subdivision as just part of uh, that uh, moving forward. And we're getting actually short of uh, lots for single family uh, residential development in Kamloops. And uh, that area is really earmarked uh, primarily for uh, uh, single family and, and duplex kinds of of, uh, kinds of lots. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it right there. I mean, there's been a lot of talk when I've done, uh, you know, conversations with our real estate agents here in town, just about a lack of supply, really, when it comes to housing, just not a ton of stuff out there on the market. So something like this, I think, would, would probably really help with that, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, we, we still have uh, our infill strategy, and certainly a lot of our higher density developments are going to be in the uh, downtown and North Shore areas. But, uh, you know, we do see some potential for infill in Brocklehurst. Uh, Batch is just about full. Uh, we see some uh, development in Juniper West, uh, and uh, then uh, the Aberdeen area is really that, that growth area that uh, is going to see the most sustained growth over the next decade. And when we're talking about a new project of, of this size, of course, there's a lot of need for new infrastructure, including roads. Um, there was talk about a new artery as well as connecting this. And, and you had mentioned as well yesterday during council the possibility of a new road from Pineview to Aberdeen. Can you tell me a little bit about what you want to see from, from that kind of perspective? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the plan that you would connect Pineview and uh, Aberdeen. Uh, that would make uh, more sense for Fire Hall Number 7 to access the uh, West Trans-Canada Highway and also uh, provide protection for the residents of uh, the Pineview Valley area. But it makes a lot of sense for uh, school students as well to be able to alter the catchment areas for uh, both Pacific Way Elementary and Dufferin Elementary. So there's just a lot of uh, reasons for that. That, uh, and that uh, will be uh, something that we hope will be coming before council later on. This particular development is more towards the Merritt Highway side of uh, Aberdeen, and that's an area where we see uh, a need for more schools as well uh, in conjunction with the school district there, so uh, talking to them. And, and a lot of uh, parks that really are sensitive to uh, wildlife pathways up in that area as well as uh, access to uh, the nature park parks beyond uh, the city boundary there. Um, and with this project, it's going to be coming back to council in a public meeting on July 14th. Uh, you know, when you hear a project of this size, there's always the potential for uh, a lot of, of concern, I guess, from the public or even just, uh, you know, interest from the public when you're talking about something of this size. What are you expecting uh, when this comes to back to council on the 14th? 
Well, I'm actually uh, not expecting a large uh, turnout for that. I mean, this has been uh, on the books for an awfully long time, and uh, this is a sensitive development, uh, and I think is the right place for uh, that kind of single-family focus. So uh, I, I don't see a huge uh, backlash against this. Uh, there's always people that express concern uh, at every public hearing, but uh, I certainly haven't heard uh, a groundswell of opposition to the expansion of the city in that particular neighborhood. Fair enough. Um, and, and speaking of that next council meeting on July 14th, I understand you guys have made the decision to move your meetings now to the Valley First Lounge at Sandman Centre. Um, you know, we've talked about this possibility before, but why was this a, an important step, do you think, for council to take at this time? Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, just like uh, businesses and, and other organizations, we have to be nimble and, and we have to be able to pivot uh, throughout the uh, COVID-19 uh, response uh, in our city. And what we've found now is that, uh, you know, we're going to be at this for the long haul. And so our council chambers uh, has been uh, looked over by uh, WorkSafe BC and the maximum occupancy is 15 people and the maximum number of councillors you can put in there is five. Well, we have nine. So uh, we need to find a space uh, that's going to provide us an opportunity to meet in person because uh, I believe, and so does the majority of council, that uh, you know the uh, uh, better decisions and the better and more fulsome discussion comes from uh, having everybody in the same room. So uh, we just need a bigger room, and uh, fortunately, we have uh, the Valley First Lounge available, uh, and so uh, the opportunity to move down there, and, and we could uh, use the full 50-person uh, maximum uh, that uh, the provincial health officer allows for gatherings in a facility of that size. So that's what we've charged staff to uh, look into. And they indicated yesterday that they should be able to have us up and running for the 14th of July. And I look forward to trying that. And there was a suggestion that we could uh, partner with the Thompson Nickel Regional District as well as uh, potentially with the uh, TTS as well as the school board. So I mean, those discussions are ongoing. And uh, if we're going to make uh, public investment uh, in uh, public meeting space, then perhaps we could to uh, capitalize on other organizations using it as well. And when you guys made that decision to, to make that move, I mean, does it come with any sort of timeline or is this just, uh, you know, as we go through COVID-19, as we go through this pandemic, that's where you guys will continue to meet? Or was there sort of a, a time limit put on how long you might actually have your meetings at the Valley First Lounge? Well, you know, I, along with the 95,000 other residents of Kamloops, desperately wish this situation would end quickly, but it, it doesn't appear to. I think the kinds of accommodations that we're making now are going to certainly be with us for a year, and uh, that uh, we're going to have to uh, be uh, prepared to even uh, constrict from that uh, place if we see a, a second wave of COVID-19, and particularly a higher incidents of the disease within our community uh, we may go back to uh, just uh, everybody stay home and, and just be virtual but uh, right for now uh, I think as we enter phase three in British Columbia that's uh, a, a reasonable accommodation and I think it fits well with what the government signaled to us through uh, ministerial order 192 that they issued last week that uh, uh, put an expectation on uh, local government to uh, start including more public dialogue in your decision-making.
Well, I know some around the council table have expressed some frustration about having to be online for all the meetings as well. So I know uh, people around the table are definitely going to be happy to finally be able to have everyone together in one room to make decisions. Like you had mentioned, definitely an important step, I think. And the public will now have that opportunity as well if they want to engage uh, to be able to do so in person as well. But, of course, uh, you know, throughout all of this, uh, the, the broadcast of council has been, you know, a little bit extra important, I think, throughout these last uh, four months as, as there has been that limitation put on who can enter City Hall. Is that still going to be an option for people who don't uh, have the ability necessarily to get to Council? Can they still watch it online? Yeah, and uh, the, the issue is whether it's going to be live online or a delay broadcast so that we would tape it and then post it to our website. I think those are the kinds of uh, technology issues that our staff are going to be working with. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that that's uh, something that, as you say, Jeff, is, is uh, more important now as people sort of stay home but still want to know what's going on. Uh, and uh, so I, I uh, think Council was pretty uh, determined that they wanted to have some mechanism by which that could be broadcast or taped. Perfect. Well, I know uh, that's definitely been a useful tool for us here in the media as well. I uh, did want to ask you about trains, too, while I have you, Ken. I understand that there was a bit of a an exception placed on trains here throughout this whole COVID-19 in terms of how long they can stop um, on the tracks, and, and there is a bit of a, you know, like you said, like I said, an exception for how long they can sit there if there are vehicles in the way. Um, I understand it used to be about five minutes they had to, to, to move their trains if, if, in fact, there was a vehicle uh, looking to get past a rail crossing. They have... A, been able to extend that time to 10 minutes. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's what I heard uh, CP presented to council yesterday. And I know we've done stories in the past about people concerned about trains sitting on the track. So what 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 was this exception that has been given? And, uh, you know, ha- has there been any concern, I guess, from the public about it so far? Yeah, that was early on in the pandemic, but, uh, you know, uh, CP uh, expressed uh, a concern that they have to disinfect the locomotive uh, between uh, crew changes. So uh, that meant that the crew changes that occurred in the downtown yard were going to take longer, and uh, that meant that the tail of the train was going to uh, block uh, all the way through the downtown crossings as well as potentially out to Mission Flats and down to Kelly Douglas. Uh, we looked at that uh, in terms of the reduced volume of traffic as well as the need for uh, CP to continue to provide uh, food transportation to the nation. And so uh, we looked at that as an exception that would be reasonable as long as uh, they're going to respond to our need to access those areas with emergency vehicles. So we reached a compromise there, and that's still in place. Uh, the bigger problem, I think, yesterday that we talked about was uh, certainly the location of the yard in downtown Kamloops as well as uh, some of the issues related to the length of trains and coal trains. Uh, yeah, you you say there was issue or, or talk about uh, concerns about where the yard is placed here in downtown Kamloops. Could you ever foresee a rail yard like that being moved? I mean, that's a pretty substantial piece of infrastructure to try to shift. Um, I can't imagine that uh, the rail yard will be leaving downtown Kamloops anytime soon. 
Yeah, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk of that over the years, uh, but they have, uh, you know, changed some of their infrastructure. They have a, a large uh, switching yard out at Pritchard now. Uh, they try to do a lot of the uh, train building, uh, you know, away from uh, metropolitan or urban areas. Uh, but really, the crew change out uh, is uh, right where it is because a lot of the employees of CP Rail and CN, for that matter, uh, live in Kamloops. So, you know, that's the logical place for those kinds of uh, uh, crew changes to occur and, and uh, that has been here uh, since Kamloops has been here. Kamloops uh, you know, being part of the uh, you know, establishment of the Canadian Pacific uh, Railroad uh, you know, way back. So you know, I, I think we have to uh, work together as partners and as good neighbours and uh, Mr. Lavecchio uh, was uh, here and he's always in Kamloops. Uh, he seems to be able to respond to any of the concerns that we have and you know we have a disagreement about idling we have a disagreement about coal dust we have a disagreement about train length and and crude shipments but uh, by and large i, I think that uh, you know we're managing uh, this as a uh, business partner within the city and a need to keep the national economy strong uh, against some of the livability issues that we have uh, seen in camels and and uh, like i said cp uh, did report to council yesterday any disappointment that CN was also not a part of that conversation yesterday? Yeah, the, the uh, suggestion was made by uh, Councillor Sarai, I believe, to have both railroads come, and uh, I, I think that uh, the opportunity to have a CN at a uh, later date uh, would be equally as as, as uh, fulfilling. I, I think their issues, uh, you know, really affect the Brocklehurst neighborhood, uh, the Rayleigh Crossing. We have some issues at Hefley Creek, uh, as well as the location of uh, their uh, terminus on the. Uh, to come out to equipment and land. So, you know, those are kind of separate issues and we can talk about them separately. Uh, one of the things that we are seeing now is much more uh, transfer of uh, goods between CN and CP across the line that goes, uh, you know, behind the Sandman Centre. So that's become a much more active uh, rail corridor than it used to be. And uh, that means, uh, you know, for the public uh, to, to be cautious in and around those areas that had been, for the most part, quite dormant, but now they're seeing a lot of activity. Perfect. Well, Ken, those were all the issues that I uh, pulled from council. Anything else you wanted to highlight before I let you go? No, I think uh, think that's pretty much a wrap on uh, yesterday's meeting, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, you know, share my views with uh, your audience. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, as always, Ken, and enjoy the next uh, two weeks off, I guess, and we'll chat with you uh, sometime in mid-July. You betcha. All right, there you go. There's Kamloops Mayor Ken Christian. Yeah, of course, uh, next week marking uh, Canada Day on Wednesday. So council will take Tuesday off, and then they're off again the following week. But we'll get back to work on July 14th. And so exactly 20 days from now, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, bring you some more coverage at that point in time.